What's up, guy? What is up, guy? Welcome back to a Josue. How's it saying? Hello. Hello. Hi. If you're new here, I am Josue, and this is what I have to say. Today's episode is about a topic that, if you live in Miami, you're probably familiar with at this point. And it's a proposal that went to the city of Miami for housing homeless people within Virginia Key. Now, this presents a myriad of problems, not only to the key, but for the homeless people themselves. And to help me out with this topic, we got Esther and Diana, who both work for Virginia Key. Something like that. Something like that. I think she owns it. Yeah. Do you own Virginia Key? Yeah, I do. Okay. Well, well. not the not the island. I own Virginia <laughs> Key Outdoor Center. Some people say the about, island, though. I no. was about to say. No, no. The island is a public park. Okay. Wink, so who wink, owns it? Wink. Oh no, no, no. But that's actually that actually matters. You know who owns the island? Who? The people of Miami. Absolutely. Retweet. Yeah. Which is going to be the the emphasis yeah. of this episode. Yeah, absolutely. So Esther and Diana, tell me a little bit about you guys, what you guys do for the park, how you, your history, your background on it, how you came about, you know. Oh, okay. So I, um, this is a long story. Is it? Oh, we got, it could be, I'm pretty old. (laughs) We got 58 minutes to to kill. So let's go. So I, I spent most of my career in, um, in the legal field as a, as a non-attorney administrator and a paralegal, um, not an attorney. And, um. I got into, I was always, you know, I grew up here. This Miami's been home since I was five years old. I'm, I'm Cuban-born. We immigrated here uh, in the early 70s. And um, this is really all I know. Uh, grew up on the water. Uh, grew up on Virginia Key, on Kiva Skin, going out to Crandon. And really more Bill Bags, which we called it Farido back then. Hey, Farido, of course. Yeah. Every Cuban knows it Farido. Farido, we go out there as kids and... <coughs> Uh, you know, you had the the Australian pines with those tiny little pine cones that would like stick in your feet yeah. and you'd be running around going, ah. Yeah, my people are like, they're putting homeless people in El Farito because I'm from Hialeah. I'm from Hialeah too. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, let's go, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, birds of a feather flock together. I see that. <laughs> but everybody was like, in El Farido. I'm like, no, no, bro. El Farido is the next island over. We're talking about the island right yeah. between downtown Miami. And Kiwi King. North, right? North Virginia Key. What's it called? North Point. North Point. Yeah. yeah. So called. so Virginia Key, North Point. So when you when you come in from the mainland on the Rickenbacker Causeway, uh, you go past the Toll Plaza, and then there's a, a small kind of spoil island that has um, what we lovingly call Santeria Beach on the left, which is <laughs> where the last, listen, for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. And then on the right is the old dog beach. So uh, then you go over the big bridge, the Powell Bridge, and you've got the Rickenbacker Marina, Rusty Pelican, uh, the City Marina, the Marine Stadium. On the right, you've got the county beaches, Hobie Beach. Uh, and then as you continue, you go past Mast Academy. Then you hit uh, Arthur Lamb Jr. Road. And that's the road into our park, Virginia Key Beach, North Point Park. Um, you keep going. On the right-hand side, you've got this aquarium. On the left-hand side, you've got the historic Virginia Key Beach Park just before the small Bearcut Bridge. Uh, the University of Miami's there. Uh, NOAA Fisheries are there. NOAA... Uh, research centers are there, so there's a there's a lot going on. Um, as you go into Virginia Key North Point uh, through Arthur Lamb Jr. Road, it's a good two miles before you get to where we are. And so we've been there for like five years. Well, more right? seven. Well, yeah, since I think 2015. That's where 2015. So you yeah. started w- working for the center. Oh, I opened this. I opened the center. You opened the center. Okay. Yes. So tell me a little bit more about that. that uh, it went out for bid uh, with the city. Um, we went in. Um, and established an outdoor recreational support facility, which means that we offer kayaks, paddle boards, bikes. We do education. We have children's programs. Early on, we, we found that the condition of the area was so poor that cleanups became vital. Uh, when it rained, I would always say that the <coughs> ground would bleed glass because were, Jimbo's used to be there. What's a Jimbo? Jimbo's was an old dive bar, which in its day was like, okay, like people my age. Uh, it's true. <laughs> and Billy Corbin's age. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we would go in high school and, you know, we could get beer and, you know, okay. and other stuff. Okay. <laughs> they had, like, little little huts and little houses. They had, like, a, a rundown school bus I, and all that. And people that would live there. cool, man. Yeah, well, I always describe Jimbo's as everything people imagined the keys were but never really were. It was that place that sort of existed between legal and illegal, passing back and forth. Oh man, it gave me FOMO. Like I want to experience this now. Like yeah, he was but you there. know, and it was it was like a really cool place for a long time. Yeah. And then Fisher Island was being built, 
And the workers were drinking on the bar at the island. And the way the story is told to me is that the uh, folks at Fisher Island didn't want them drinking there. So they got Jimbo's uh, beer and wine license so he could sell alcohol. Uh, when that started, um, you know, everything changed. He was there based off a handshake, too. There was, like, nothing legal from what I was told. Well, that's how everything in Miami is. Yeah, huh? not exactly. <laughs> so he, was, uh, he had his fishing fleet over where the old Herald building used to be, uh, right downtown. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That got turned down, what, maybe two, three years ago, right? Yeah, recently. And, uh, and he got displaced for that building going up, and they threw him out to the, you know, the, the Netherlands of Virginia Keys, North Point. But it's this beautiful lagoon, Lamar Lake, and he was there for a long time with his uh, shrimping boats. He w- he, Jimbo Luzner made the best smoked fish I have ever had in my life. And my second husband was in the fishing industry. So I've had some good smoked fish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Jimbo's was, you know, a place of legend. And, you know, after almost 50 years, it, he passed away a couple of years ago. I had the opportunity to meet one of his daughters and some of his grandchildren uh, at the facility. And it was a, a really... It was a really meaningful meeting and, and very, you know, it, it gave me insight into something that I had only seen as a, as a visitor. Um, but at the end, at the, he had four kids. Uh, two of them were, you know, up and up, and the other two, maybe not so much. Um, one of them had substance issues, from what I understand. And um, it became a place of squalor. The place at the end, I, I'm not a dainty girl. I, I'm, a, I'm a paddler. I like kayaking. I like paddle boarding. But my favorite form of kayaking is, is uh, off-trail backcountry. So I like, it's me and a bunch of bearded old guys <laughs> going out into the Everglades. <laughs> and I love that stuff. Yeah, Hunting she's not for pythons some, out there? Yeah, she's not yeah, some yeah, random lady. Yeah, I do that. I do python <laughs> captures too. Seriously. It's fucking wild. <laughs> she's well, not well, some random lady that decided to open up a kayak shop. So that's where I was yeah. going to go with this. How did you get involved with opening up the center? So I wanted a place that, you know, that could serve to, we had all these city people that had that same reaction you just had. And I was like, this isn't really that wild. This is like our backyard, and there are these amazing things that, that we can experience. And Virginia Key was the opportunity to help people from the city move into the outdoors in a place that was really pretty managed. Um, we have flat water in the lagoon, so even if it's windy out, it's like the place where folks can go and hang out, and, and they do. But it wasn't welcoming, because during the time of Jimbo's, you know, and towards the end, towards the end, it was alcohol, it was drugs, it was prostitutes. Um, I'm told that when they went to tear the place down, they had to leave and come back with, like, you know, the protective uh, suits because the, oh, wow. the flea infestation from the animals was so bad that the, they were getting, like, swarmed. You know, it's, he developed Alzheimer's later in life and passed away. I think, I think two, three years ago he passed away. And it's, it's sad that someone's legacy gets, you know, diluted in that way. Um, we always – we wanted to do a um, – you know, like a like a shack, at least in memory of him, because he, he was a key player there. But anyways, I, I went off topic because you had asked when Fisher Island got him a license and people started drinking, and what his daughter said was that he always regretted that because he lost his best friend. And I asked her to explain, and she said, well, you know, he, his, they were, he was drunk, the friend, and they were arguing, and he took a swing at him near the boat ramp, and he fell and broke his arm and sued him. Yeah, right and that was the so. end. No, no, the friend sued him. Oh. The drunk friend that took a swing at him sued him. Oh, that's shit. so Miami, though, to be honest. That's so Miami. You know, sadly, that's true. But it was the end of a friendship, of a lifelong yeah. friendship. Damn, that's a shitty way to. And, and, you know, she was saying that she says, you know, we grew up here as kids. We, we'd have a, a houseboat out here or a boat out here and we'd spend the summer. And, I'm th- and I was thinking, man, I remember as a kid, I used to come out here and we used to cast sh- shrimp by hand. There's two good shrimp runs that still take place in the area. The lobstering is still pretty decent. Um, we do programs with kids, so we, we take them out and we snorkel with them. And we've gone out and caught lobster during mini season. We teach them how to clean them. We do fishing programs. Uh, some are paid and some are free because we're in this public park and this public space. And for me, it was really important to, to maintain that public access. And, and we've done that. It's for the people. It's for the people. <clears throat> you know, people that come here aren't... This, this isn't like a resort for the rich. This is a working man's resort. And it's, we've met some amazing folks over the years. And we've had some amazing experiences. We've seen the area rebound. Um, I, the last time I went to Jimbo's, um, I took some friends. We had been kayaking. And we were going to go over to have you know, a few beers and some smoked fish. And that was two and a half years before they closed. And I tell the story often. 
there was a jaundiced looking gentleman trying to help us. And I'm like, wow, is that liver failure or? <laughs> Are you a Simpsons character? <laughs> or whoa, I mean, the guy was yellow. <laughs> His eyeballs were yellow, everything was yellow. And, and he's like trying to be friendly and offer us stuff where there's people sort of drooling on themselves on these, these ratty ass couches laying out. And, and he's like, here, have a beer. And he sticks his hand in the cooler and he pulls up this bottle of beer and there's slime that just kind of drips off. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to pass. Thanks. And we're going to go somewhere else. I'm like, yeah, let's go. And when I look in the cooler, there was like rotting bait and whatever, maybe rotting smoked fish. It was, they weren't making it, making it anymore. Um, and, and, you know, soon after that, the, the, there were problems with, um, with drugs, with violence, um, and the city looked to shut them down. There was a fire for code violation. They ran a wire to, to an electric um, transformer. <laughs> you know? So, like, wild. That sounds very Miami. Yeah. And in yeah. the end, you know, in the end it was gone. And, and now it's this place where, you know, thousands of people come. We got kids, families, um, young people, old people. So what are some of the services, again, that you guys offer there? We do kayak paddleboard rentals for the water sports side. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a few canoes that we do for, like, you know, kids' events and things like that. It's not really a canoeing area. Uh, we do bicycle rentals for the mountain bike trails. Um, we do kids' programs, uh, summer camp, days off camp, uh, nature exploration. Uh, in the winter season, there have always been manatees in the area, but not like there are now. Uh, the one thing that, that happened as soon as... You know, the, the squalor ended is that the, the lagoon started rebounding. And we started doing cleanups in the area, removing the glass. There was, at the end of the uh, channel, there was a spot where people over the years had taken to, and please explain to me why anyone thinks it's, a, it's so wonderfully hilarious to break a, a bottle and be like, yeah, look, I broke a oh, bottle. Just drunk, dumb people yeah. saying. Like. Yeah, but there was a stack, and we did it with a group of veterans that were... Um, it was a support group for veterans suffering from PTSD that would come out through the VA. And these guys, by hand, uh, took out, and it took them months, they took out um, this stack of, of glass, broken glass, that had to be at least three and a half feet tall. I'd say at least four feet deep and maybe about five feet wide. So this is years where the broken bottles are stacking up. The area has changed a lot. It really we has. Do, we do monthly cleanups, and yeah. sometimes we get, like, private groups that come out and help out. Um, as she mentioned, we have, like, a f- very thriving kids program. Oh, yeah. We have kids that come back just because they're having the best time of their life, and they bring out their parents, Whoa. and they want to show their parents what they did over the summer. So essentially what you guys have done is take an area that was run down, gone to shit, environment needed heavy rehabilitation, put in heavy work, rehabilitated the environment and the area, and given it back to the yeah. Miamians, to the yeah. city. Yeah, but and in all honesty, we are only a part of that equation because that island exists today because of the work of volunteers. So the Mountain Bike Club is there, um, the Virginia Key Bicycle Club. And that one, that club is run by Frenchie, John Boss, and the others in the board. And Frenchie always makes it a point to say that they have the most recorded volunteer hours than any national park in the United States. Wow. That's a lot. I'm actually having a guy on a podcast, probably maybe you know him, on next Tuesday, Andrew Odasso. He's like cleaned up a bunch of like like tons and tons of trash. Andrew Andrew treks North Point Park. Most of the videos that you have seen of Andrew have been at the North Point. He goes through the mangroves and all that. And yeah, the he's beach done some area. great work. Yeah, so yeah. The, the area back there is a Zadowski Critical Wildlife Area, which is actually a no-entry zone. <laughs> well, somebody's got to clean it, though. Yeah, yeah, but you need a permit to go in there. Uh, We've reached out so to I can't, FWC. I can't, I cannot legally go in yeah. there. We've reached out to FWC, and it's like, no. Nah. It's, a, it's a big process. Yeah. It's not. We're yeah. not allowed to kayak in there. We're not allowed to bring boats in there. So everything has to be done, yeah, it's done some like way, somehow. Area. Yeah, yeah. Well, going back to the topic at hand, then we kind of know now a little bit of the history of Key Biscayne and what you, I mean, Key Biscayne, uh, Virginia Key. It's okay. That's the island to the south. <laughs> it, happens. it happens a lot. A lot Virginia of people are like, I'm Key. at Key Biscayne, and, and they're like, like no, right in front like, of no, us. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> it's not a bad thing, but it's just not the same place. Nothing against Key Biscayne. They've been very vocal on protecting the island. Yeah. So their help is like greatly appreciated, too. Oh, that's important. So this proposal that has now been approved, right? Correct. How did this? I I was reading up on it, and it wasn't even supposed to be in the in in the commission that day, and then it just came about. Well, no, there it was listed as a discussion item. Right there, you go. 
and it was kind of vague. It just said uh, uh, homeless transition yeah. zone, and it didn't have any specification. It didn't even have the PowerPoint that was presented yeah. to the commissioners on file. Yeah. So I had hired a lobbyist because we knew something was going on, but we didn't know what. And we're trying to find out what was happening. And there are all sorts of crazy stories. Everything from uh, somebody wants to put in a water park and build an Olympic aquatic <laughs> oh facility. And, and some guy actually had shown up asking about the aquatics RFP, the request for proposals <coughs> that was going to come out this fall. And, and we're like, what, we're like what are you talking about? Who would put an aquatics RFP out for a facility at a lagoon? Where you have wildlife that comes through. I mean, you got to understand something. Manatees, yeah, super fantastic, but it's illegal to swim with them. But we also get sharks to come through. We get bull sharks, nurse sharks, uh, hammerheads during the season. Uh, we get uh, tarpon that come in here and there. I've had redfish tailing through on the tides. Um, there, there's a lot of fish in there. Um, and we have crocodiles. You know, do you have to worry of your kayaking? No, just, and we tell the kids, you know, it's like, imagine that you're in your backyard. You're playing with your brother or sister, and a giant alien spaceship comes above you, and they come down, and they start pointing at you and going, ooh, ah, <laughs> what are your parents going to do? They're like, they're going to kill them. I'm like, that's right. Yeah. So guess what? That crocodile's mom's going to do the same thing. Leave it alone. <laughs> so we learned it. about this, like, very late Tuesday night, and yeah. then quickly. Last we were, Tuesday night. Yeah, last Tuesday. So we It was quickly, after Thursday we learned about it yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, so we quickly got together and we we're like, oh, crap, like, what we have this? to go. So we went to the commission meeting that was held on Thursday. We shared it. Yeah, we shared it around. We shared the PowerPoint around. We went to the commission meeting at 9 a.m. We were there from 9 a.m. We even participated in public comment. Since it was a discussion item, there was no public comment to be made, but we did it anyways. Well, yeah, they took it. Yeah, yeah. they took our public comments. So we were there from 9 to 6. At 6 p.m.-ish, they... Discuss the item. Alice de la Portilla goes on a 10-minute, you know. Tangent. Tangent on, like, why this is not a good idea. Oh, no, he was, he was right. Yeah, he was yeah. analyzing. And, and this is something I said early on. He was, he was commenting as to <coughs> the, the, the analysis in presenting the sites. It's like, this, these are. Yeah, he asked, like, who did like, you speak to? like, who comes up with this? Who did you talk yeah. to? Did you, did you look at the area? My question was, did you visit the areas? Because I'm, I'm thinking, why on earth would you call Virginia Key North Point an optimal location? You're like in the middle of so nowhere. So who came up with this proposal? So it was a gentleman by the name, last name of Poro, who's uh, human relations, I believe, for the city. Yeah. Which brings me to another question. What experience or, or foundation does a human relations department have to do with a homeless program? I mean, did you task someone for, with something that they don't have the skill set to really that analyze? That sounds like what that yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. There's so, a lot of things we still don't know. But they discuss the item. He, he basically tells the guy, like, I don't know why you're presenting this to us so late, like, last moment, and we don't know. You didn't ask anybody. So they end up voting no. Manolo Reyes votes no. Ken Russell votes no. And Alex de la Portilla votes no. Joe Carollo votes yes. And Christine King votes yes. And she votes yes, saying, she made a comment, and one of the speakers uh, from Key Biscayne, who, uh, uh, until recently, I, uh, I resigned from the Virginia Key Advisory Board uh, just this week. Mm -hmm. um, you know, unfortunately, I don't, I, I don't feel that the city of Miami was listening or even presenting anything. This, this item never came before the advisory board. Uh, and... Our, our chair, who's also running for Key Biscayne Mayor, Joe Rasco, went in and spoke about the master plan for the island, which has existed since 2010. And this came through as a charrette, so it was like community meetings left and right, very heated. And, and this is general plan on what to do with the entire island. And then you bring something in that, you know, called for a campground at North Point, but this is ridiculous. This is this isn't it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> this, this ain't it, fam. No, but... You know, he, he brought up the point that this wasn't part of the master plan, and, and she seemed to get offended and said, there is no plan for homelessness. And, and I thought to myself, you know, she's right. But there should be a plan, a master plan on how to deal with it, because this is a growing crisis in our community, not just in her district, in all of the districts. And, you know, she brought up she didn't want that in her district, and, and I can understand it. You know, she has one of the poorest districts in Miami. And no, she shouldn't, she shouldn't have her residence in her district, which are residents of the city of Miami, having to deal with an unfair burden. Um, 
but I didn't know enough about homelessness or chronic specifically because this isn't just this isn't just homeless people. This isn't someone who just lost their apartment because rents were you know sky high. Um, this was defined as a place for the chronically shelter resistant homeless population. So which we're, means we're talking about the poorest of the poor, people that are primarily dual diagnosed, meaning that they have mental health and substance issues. And you know people say, oh, which one came because they were drug addicts first, and then they became you know, it doesn't matter. The, the reality is this, is this is the reality that these folks exist in today. And, and I told Diana, and I, I said, you know, we need to learn more about this because I can talk about why it's a bad place to put them on Virginia Key, but I can understand why, why Commissioner King didn't want this in her district. I, I, and Carroyo was right. No one wants it in their district. It's probably true. Yeah, we never claim to be, like, homeless advocate experts. But what we did was on yeah. Sunday, we spent the day at Greenhaven Project in Overtown. Um, the two gentlemen that started that program, uh, David and Jorge, they're, they're both pretty far left, you know, but they're, they got great hearts. They care about their community. And uh, about two weeks ago, they had, uh, it's an area that's getting gentrified. So it's a very low income area mm-hmm. and the surrounding buildings have been sold off and bought by developers. So the neighborhood is shrinking, and they have a food garden, by the way. So that's where they, they grow food, and, that's and awesome. they, they give it out to the neighborhood. And people come in and volunteer, and they pick up, and they, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've taken volunteers there before, and uh, they had this, this shooting. As David describes it, he says, uh, there were two groups of men fighting over a piece of land neither one of them owned. And when I saw the guns, we hit our volunteers, and I called the cops. And then the shootout went on for a minute and a half. And the police showed up maybe about, like... He said hour. about 10 minutes later yeah. the police showed up, which he questioned because he said, oh, they're, they're down the street, but, you know, I don't... Whatever, they showed up. Uh, he, he, a few days later, homicide at some point comes, later, yeah. a homicide investigator approached him. But the homicide investigator doesn't go and ask the residents. They go to him. Well, no, they, they said that the homicide investigator said the residents weren't cooperating. And he... He wasn't really, you know, he wasn't having it. Mm-hmm. He was like, you got to go talk to everyone. You can't just talk to a few people and give up. I don't know the specifics of it, uh, but he did what he uh, referred to as a call to action, and it was that Sunday. And he said, why don't you come out? And I said, all right, how can I help? You know, what can I do? That was so cliche. <laughs> but I did say, how can I help? <laughs> I'm sorry, it sounds horrible. No, it is what it is. Like, you know. Yeah. So it was very interesting because we were kind of like flies on the wall. We were we were there I, to observe, and at least I could say, speaking on my behalf, I wanted to act more as a fly on the wall because I wanted to see. I didn't want to overstep or anything like that. Because yeah. at the end of the day, I don't live there. I don't know who these people are. I'm just here trying to help to the best of my capacity. I understand, yeah. Yeah, and quite frankly, it was very disappointing to see that we're in the richest country in the world. We're in a city that they're making millions of dollars off crypto, NFTs, whatever you're into. And you got people living like this, living in, in, in areas where, honestly, it's not, it's not okay. You have a little boy who was playing Fortnite, and he had to dodge bullets. Yeah, it's fucking wild. Yeah, they, they're still buried in his wall. Yeah. <laughs> the police never came Dude, this, to this kid, claim it. What a, what a bright young man. I mean, he's like this good-looking kid. He's like... You could put him on your interview right now, and you'd probably fill an hour with him. I mean, and and he had to hide from bullets. He shouldn't so, have. So to this live is that happening way. in our city. So we have we have a lot of problems in the city. Homelessness so is part of what it. What did you guys but, learn in terms of the homeless population? Well, I, I learned a few things. First of all, I learned that there's so many grassroots groups that are there to help because this was a, a call. To, I didn't know what I was walking into, and and when I got there, and he says, well, "What we're going to do is we're going to go door to door," and I'm thinking. Okay, <laughs> door to door, but I didn't know exactly what he had planned. Door what he had to planned door to who? To, to the, the residents. people that live oh. there. Mm-hmm. So we had organizations such as like the Miami Recovery Project, um, Black Collective show up, and they were there to offer their resources to the best that they possibly can. It was amazing. You had everyone from brother uh, from the Muslim Brotherhood yeah. to LGBTQ groups um, to Black Men Build, who were sort of. The, they were more, you know, 
our women are equal, and and we're here because this is a problem. You know, the guy spoke beautifully. This is a problem. This, this, these were brothers fighting. These weren't sisters. Honestly, it was very touching. And, and it was very, amazing very to see all these different groups come together. There were there were groups there that could provide um, housing assistance, um, rent assistance, utilities, food, um, clothing, furniture, whatever you needed. There was support groups for kids that were dealing with violence or that had been exposed to you know traumatic situations. Do you remember that girl that we spoke to that I asked that? Um is the county or the city, are they supporting you in any way or shape or form? They're not, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was, uh, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. They rely a lot on just finding grants, finding corporations that are willing to support whatever efforts that they're doing. This is very grassroots. Mm -hmm. So what you're telling me is that there are organizations out there trying to touch their community, trying to help them. That I think that was the biggest takeaway, that, like, it, we're it, not what, alone What really hit this. me, and it was really... Um, a moving and emotional moment for me. You know, I, I, I'm i not a rich person. I, I'm, I'm at a point in my life now, I'm in my late 50s now, and I've finally been able to, to save a little bit so that I can maybe at some point in time not have to work, like all the time, <laughs> you know. But I had times in my life where I had to deal with addiction with my second husband. He became a heroin addict. Um, this was in the early days of Oxycontin. And... Um, he became an oxycontin addict, and, and that progressed into a full-fledged heroin addiction. Whoa. And uh, I'm working because the medical bills are high, and he, and he had medical problems, and I had three kids. And, you know, all of a sudden I get home one day, and the, the power's out, and the rent hasn't been paid for two months, and my bank account is wiped out, and my kid's piggy bank has been robbed. Yikes. And I come to that moment where it's like, where have I been, and what do I do now? And I was very lucky that I had people that helped. And, and sometimes it was like, here's 20 bucks, uh, or here, I'll cover this for you. I, you know, I had a friend who said, I'm gonna put, I'll put it on my credit card. Because they, they weren't rich either. But Yeah, that's a good friend. Yeah, and thank God I had a good paying job. And I, and I was able to, you know, kind of, you know, I had to kick them out. <laughs> because you gotta, you gotta focus on what you gotta focus yeah, on. Yeah. And, and it was my kids. And it gave me an opportunity to, you know, get back on level ground and, and move forward. But that sets you back a long time. I think we've come very far in Miami when it comes to organizations really mobilizing to help the public. No, th this day was just, yeah. it was incredible. But what really moved me the most was as I was coming back uh, towards the end of the, and we went door to door. It was amazing. I mean, I met people that, that were, you know, that these are humble homes, but they're their homes. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we have any right to put that down. Because we do what we can with what we have. Yeah. And, but when I'm coming, I'm coming back into the garden, and there are these three ladies walking out, and there's one lady, and, and you know, it struck me because her her smile was kind of crooked. She was missing teeth on top and on the bottom, oh. and she had this big smile. And they're coming out with food containers, and she's talking, and she's she says to her, you know, can you believe they had sandwiches and hot food, and it was good. And look at all the food we get to take home. Yeah, we were letting everybody in the community know well, that there was hot food being available yeah. for so free for free. them to come get. And, and she says, you know, I can, we can eat for three days on this. And the other one who was serious, she smiled at her. She says, yeah, I don't get, I, we don't get paid for a few days. We didn't know what we were going to do this week. We'll eat all week off of this. And the reality of that. It hits, yeah. yeah. It hits. And I was like, man, you know, this was such a simple act. And yet it made such a difference for these people. And. Remember what I said. She wasn't getting paid. She's working. Yeah, These are working poor. Mm -hmm. That is wild, yeah. yeah. And you know she probably gets on a bus and rides for two hours to get to a job where they treat her like shit so that she can go home and provide for her family the best she can. And I respect that. I mean, these organizations, they're, they're heroes, man. You know, you, you got to respect them. That's exactly what, what I mean. I feel like... The, the city's not doing shit yeah. about it. And honestly, like... Those people, eventually, if they're not taken care of, they become everybody's problem. They do. You know, and it's something that's what's happening. That's exactly what's happening in those neighborhoods because as their homes are disappearing and the rents are, you know, they, they can't afford to live there. And there isn't a mechanism to keep them in homes. You know, so going back to the chronically displaced is what they're called? Chronically homeless? Well, the chronically shelter-resistant homeless are, are not the folks that are losing their homes because right, they, they can't have afford no, the rent. They have no home. Right. These, these are folks that that are on the street, that have been on the street for a while, that don't want to go into shelters, that refuse treatment. And from what I've learned, because I, you know, I've been reading, I've been talking to people, I've been looking at the statements that other organizations are putting out, organizations that work with the homeless, mm -hmm. and they all say the same thing. 
the right way to treat them is in place. Because as the two homeless ladies that spoke at city commission stated, and we... There were two homeless ladies, by the way, that lived in Pizza Yeah, that just, that just hit me. I was like, they yeah. actually showed up they to there. the commission? Oh, yeah. They represent the Homeless Alliance. Very Get articulate. Girl. Okay. But these two women are homeless. And they live in a community of about 15 people in Peacock Park. And, and they watch out for each other. And I know this to be true because I, I hired a homeless man who wanted to get off the street. He used to, I used to have a shop over on 27th Avenue New Year's, near US 1. He, um, he was always clean and he was uh, very charming. And in fact, uh, you know, the, the whole thing with him working for us, I said, you know, you, I'll pay you. And I paid him mm-hmm. uh, regular wages like everyone else. And, and I paid decent wages. I don't, there's Short none of that. People, yeah. I, I, I don't believe in that. These are, the, my staff is my asset. Without them, I am nothing. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, he was awesome. He was he was phenomenal. And it, you come to learn more about this guy, and you find out that he had his own business, his successful business, and, and alcohol threw him off track. And his, his partner died, and his world fell apart. And he just ended up on the street. Unfortunately, he was an angry drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Walter Martin Jr., wherever you are, we miss you, man. Uh. Um, but an intelligent man, the women loved him. The old ladies would come by and be like, oh, Mr. Walter. <laughs> I mean, he got tipped. The homeless man t- had the sauce. He did. Nice. All these ladies would come by and they would bring him like, you know. Like, but the, the thing was, you got to stay sober. And, you know, mm. unfortunately, he didn't want to treat the addiction. And we tried to help him do that. And he, he just, he was refusing. And But he would come to work every day. And he would show up um, until the alcohol started He'd again. keep our place spotless, man. Man. Spotless. He, he was, was great. He was great. I'm, I, I've often said, you know, he's my, I wish if he could just stay sober, man, I, I would have made him, I would have let him manage my place. So what was the input? I'm curious that these two homeless women had to the commission. They uh, said, uh, I'll paraphrase it. Um, the one lady was, com- was hilarious. She says, um, she says, this Virginia thing. We're adults. What is this with the drinking, no drugs, no alcohol? You empty out your, your what does she call it? Their, their wineries, wineries and the tobaccos. The and idea, your tobacco because yeah. we drink. We do drugs. We do hard drugs. Because <laughs> like, the idea is that the site that's being proposed is supposed to be a dry zone. Right. There is no drugs, liquor. None of that is going to be allowed inside the homelessness, the homeless encampment. Right. So, and, th- and this would be wherever yeah. they decide to put this if they decide to take it off Virginia can put it somewhere else. Uh, there seems to be a real push towards it being in tiny homes. We're in a housing crisis in Miami. We don't have land. And we're going to be warehousing that, people in sheds. I think that might be part of the reason. I haven't really looked at them. I'm talking out of my ass right now. But I think that might be part of the reason why they're choosing that location is because there's no land. There's no land. Miami, so they're just like, let's just throw them but out there, there. But there is vacant land. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Where? I don't know about that. There were, they actually had a list of, uh, I think, about seven different locations. And some of them were inclu- included in that presentation. And from what I'm told, the preferred location was um, around 77th and 2nd or something mm-hmm. like that. So it wasn't in, in Miss King's district, but... We have um, the PowerPoint up on our website. So this is now readily available to just about anybody that wants to. And what's the website? It's vkoc.net slash save Virginia key. So what are some of the downfalls that this brings? I mean, I know there's many, but... It is, but, but let's, let's finish talking about what the folks that work with the homeless say should be done. And Go that's on. to treat them in place so that they can become stable. They create these communities and they support each other. Um, so there's like, you know, protection in, in a group. So there are these small clusters of, of homelessness that, you know, folks that stay together. Um, you know, the problems that in the past that folks give them tents and they set up on sidewalks and then you can't use your sidewalk, mm-hmm. which is also a problem because if you're older, if you've got a s- child in a stroller, you shouldn't have to go on the street and you shouldn't have to walk on top of everybody, you know, you're oh, yeah, defecating. Yeah, that's, yeah. It, it's unhealthy. It's unsanitary. Um, but, but the, the way that they say is best and the best results they get is by treating them in place, helping them become stable and then moving them into shelters. Uh, and then from the shelters, getting them into treatment and from the treatment, helping them socialize and join community and become involved again in, you know, day-to-day life. And you got, you know, you got to accept that some of these folks will never be able to do that and we'll have to support them, but we can help support people that can't take care of themselves without having to you know, inter them in a, in a, in an isolated camp. During the and commission meeting, they referred to 
the amount of money that the homelessness the homeless trust was receiving quite often. Yeah. So it, and, and they even they even alluded to oh we don't have to get we fund them we don't have to fund them. Yeah. So you're looking to defund the homeless trust. So I mean, I, if you have a problem with the way they do things and address the problem with the way they do things. So but I what makes you think that you know how to do it better? Yeah. Yeah. So originally <laughs> they said, no, this doesn't pass. Cool. Awesome. We leave. We figured. So they shut down the proposal. Yeah. To oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we figured, okay, we, we can leave now. Right. Like it's done. It's probably going to come back later. Well, I gave an interview to WLRN and, and outside I, uh, believe the girl's name is Allie, and she says, well, how do you feel now that this is over? And I said, it's not over. This is coming back. Well, we didn't think it was going to happen the night of. Yeah, we didn't think it would an hour and a later, an hour yeah. and a half later it would be back. Wait, so what happened? So let's say an hour passes. <coughs> it was about they, an hour and a half, yeah. Yeah, they, they break for a recess. So everybody leaves. Everybody goes wherever they have to go, back yeah. into their office, the bathroom, whatever happens. And they come back. They get through some PZ agenda. They approve some stuff, and then Alex Diaz de la Portilla goes, "I wanna, I wanna come back with a discussion item about the, the transitional zone." I wanna reconsider. Yeah, I wanna reconsider. I wanted, I wanted something. He said something about something passing. Yeah, yeah. He he wants he wants to bring it up again as a discussion item, to then bring to to direct the city to come back sometime in September, for additional areas, which. I wonder what changed so during that, the recess. Uh, so that wouldn't recess. have been a problem. A question. That wouldn't have been a problem. However, Joe Carroyo then sneaks in and says, we're voting yes to to approve the pilot program, right? On Virginia Key. Do you think On there's incentive political-wise? I me, wish we had a crystal ball What does it sound yes. like to you? <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, it's no secret that the ties between commissioners and politicians here and developers are, you know. Yeah. Tight? Tight. So, so Manolo Reyes was the one that caught that. He caught that on the dice, and he was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait! You're you're being sneaky. You're doing this." And Joe Carroyo <laughs> says, "It doesn't matter what you say." I love watching the videos of those uh, commission meetings because it looks like an episode of Bad Girls Club. <laughs> like they're, they're it, just out there I'm yelling. I'm sorry, at that's each embarrassing. <laughs> but that's embarrassing. Yeah, and that's you how know you what? get people to watch. No, no, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna go out on a limb because they're gonna kick me out. You know that, right? <laughs> they're gonna kick me out. They're gonna find a way to kick me out. They're going to find a way to say that, well, you know, oh, everything here is illegal. Everything's horrible. Which they already have. Yeah, they've already, he's already said that. Um, but, you know, I have nothing to lose here and everything to gain because this, this is my city. My taxes built this park. 100%. My blood, my sweat, and my tears built this park. And everybody else that came here, this isn't a me issue. I'm just too stupid to know when to back off. So what ends up happening is you have Alex de la Portilla, you have Joe Carroyo and Christine King vote yes. And you still have Manolo Reyes and Ken Russell vote no. So it passes. They approve the pilot program for the Virginia Key parcel. And then they also agree that the second week, the, the second, second meeting. meeting in September, the city is supposed to be coming back to present additional sites and how much this is going to cost them. No, in addition to, not in place of. Yeah. So they're not stopping at... North Point, they're right. going to continue. And then there, there was some yeah. comment about how the little houses in six months. So something's going on with little houses that has to happen in six months. But there's no funding. So they're going to have to find funding. But they're going into their budgetary meetings now when they come back in September. I, I, I imagine they're going to find funding somewhere. You know, the problem is that there is no sewer service. And the city was getting ready to spend a couple million dollars to put in bathrooms and lifeguard offices at the beach at North Point. Okay. Okay. Uh, not this is not where I am. This is um, the the road forks, and if you go to the right, you go to the beach. If you go to the left, you go to the lagoon where we are. It's, okay. it's close. It's By the like way, a, we found out like all of this walk. at like eight thirty p.m. Right after we had told our staff, like y'all are good, we're all good for now. And then I had to send a message again and be like, guys, we need to do a staff meeting tomorrow because we don't know what's going on. Yeah. So I had questions like, do I still have a job? Do I do I still go to work? And yeah, you, you still have a job for how long? I don't know. We we don't know. So how do I tell how do I tell these people that religiously show up and work that we're going into an economic downturn? Yeah, it's fucked up. I got seventeen employees. It's fucked up. None of them make less than an average blended rate of twenty five an hour between tips and pay. Okay. They they rely on this for their for their livelihood. And I have to tell them 
that I don't know that, that I can't guarantee their employment any longer. And, I, and I'll cover them as long as I can. But I can't do it forever. So that happened, and the next day, you know, you have all the media buzzing. Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean they actually approved this? A lot of people didn't know that it even passed. No, because, no, the Herald was writing yeah. a story, and I'm kind of upset with the Herald because the one thing they quoted me on was a statement I made about I said, you know, let's look at the extreme here. You got a bunch of homeless men and a bunch of little girls in bikinis at the beach. <laughs> But, but it's true. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that every homeless person is a sex offender. But how do we know they're not sex offenders? I just yeah, feel like there's there's true. so much wooded area that oh, something is open. There's acres of wooded area. Yeah. We had a brush fire. I think, of, I think it was 2015 or 2016. And the fire department had a hard time getting into the trails. We have sensitive habitat in that area. You know, let's say that the program works for the sake of argument and you bring people in. Okay, and, and you have this fenced-off area with 24-7 security and mobile services, you know, the most expensive and least efficient. And, um, and you even have extra police, overtime police that are running around. And, um, and you know, you have folks that voluntarily stay in the program because what, what, what Commissioner Carroyo said was happening was that they would bring them in once they get released from county jail. Mm-hmm. And what Commissioner Russell said was that usually this happens in you know, some late hour and that they would be taken out there and, and gone. Th- they could, would go through an intake process. Yeah, the, the chief of police showed up to the commission meeting, and he was saying all these numbers. Hundreds that, of um, people yeah. every month. And what the county and the city have been coordinating is the time that these individuals are released in city of Miami limits. Did they say that? Yes. Okay. I missed that. So the county and the city are coordinating. Now, they don't always have officers readily available to assist these individuals. But that's really sad. I mean, why yeah. would you release someone in the middle of the night? So now the question comes, now you have a place where you can safely release them. Shouldn't you be releasing them before the shelters get full so that they can get in there? Yeah. That's something to ask the county and the city police. I, I don't get it. Why are we not building more shelters? Why aren't we buying older hotels and converting them into, into homes? Well, I don't think it's a priority for yeah. them at it's least. It's not a priority, but the cost will be less. Listen, I was telling you. These bathrooms on the beach, they had to put in like some composting toilets. I'm not sure what the final design was because mm-hmm. there's no sewer service yeah. back there, which makes my facility more desirable because I have a septic tank, even though it's insufficient for even our needs. Oh, I have power and I have water. There you go. So I'm in their way. <laughs> there yeah. you go. But it's not enough to, you know. Right, but it's a step. Our, those containers are sinking into the ground because the ground can't support the weight of trailers. So with that being said... Tell me a little bit more of what you know about those tiny homes, if, if anything. That, you know what I know right yeah. now. That's we it. know mobile, as much as the public they're, right they're, now. There's something about six months. Uh, they're going to start with 50 to 100 of them. Um, you know, people are like, oh, hurricanes. Well, if it's a hurricane, they'll evacuate them. I mean, that's... You so know, they, made an it, they made a point to stress, during the, to stress this during the commission meeting that these are temporary. So these could be moved anywhere in city limits. Yeah, but temp- yeah. but but just because something is mobile that doesn't mean that you can readily move them. Yeah. Yeah, you, it takes it takes yeah. pre- pre- you got to prepare, you got to it's not just pick up and It takes us 2 days to pack our stuff. And we have to do it several times a year whenever there's like a And how many know, miles out are you guys from mainland? 2 2 miles from the road. From the road. From the road. From the causeway. From the mainland it's about another maybe two and a half, I would say from the mainland about another two and a half miles. If you want to reach the the publics inside like Brickle, it's about six and a half, almost seven miles. That's right. the closest grocery store. No grocery stores, no um, no pharmacies. So everything would have to be brought in. So let's get into mm-hmm. that. Outsi- aside from, you know, your employees losing their livelihoods, aside from housing homeless people there that could have a history of mental illness or We're sex offending them. or whatever, what are some other pain points that that so, would bring... So let's say let's say that for the sake of argument that right that the project moves forward and um, you know it works and people are actually using it um, and that the homeless ladies that were there saying that that they won't go there or mm-hmm. wrong and people want to stay um, and let's say that all the medical services for people kicking drugs you know they're they're in withdrawal that's a that's a dangerous time uh, let's say that the services are there for them it doesn't account for the other people that get dropped off that don't want to stay in the program. And, and that island, Georgiana Jimbo's had a large residential problem, and which is one of the reasons that the city of Miami pushed to shut it down. By the way, nobody lives on Virginia Key. No. Nobody. It's just, it's mostly, if not all, commercial. Nobody lives on Virginia. It There's is not zero an residents? Zero. Zero. You do not have the manatees bawling out. You yeah. got nothing of that. There are no, nobody is living on Virginia Key. 
The closest area is Key Biscayne, but you got a bridge and you have a park. Well, I, I actually, I That's wonder. That's going to be tremendous out there. Out there I, I think actually the roads that. may be even closer. Maybe, yeah. But but regardless, look, you got you got folks out there that are going to be refusing services that are going to end up, you know, in the middle of the night. Where are they going to go? Yeah, they're just out gonna there go wandering into the around. Woods. So then what happens? You set up a fire because it's one of those winter days that it's a little chillier because you want to cook something, and the next thing you know, they're burning down the entire forest. My biggest problem is that they're spreading a lot of misinformation. But, but it's not even about the homeless people. You know, unfortunately, this is the most vulnerable segment of the homeless population, and they're people that are going to come in there to prey on them. And those are the people that we have to, I think, worry about the most. The prey, drug dealers. Prey go- oh, I see what you mean. The drug dealers that are going in there, the people that are going in there just to steal from them. And if there's something I learned from Walter Martin Jr. is that homeless people get robbed a lot. He ended up in the hospital a few times when he was on the when he was on the street, and he ended up in he ended up somewhere in um, in Broward in some program. And um, you know we lost track of him because they you know his phone was stolen often, so uh, he'd have to get a new number. But he ended up at a, at a program in Broward where he was. He had some residential living, so I hope that he was able to. You I know, think find where there's that. a will, there's a way. Yeah, where there's a will, there's a way. I think if if drug dealers want, really wanted to come and sell whatever they had to sell, they would, knowing oh, that they had consistent. They totally would. There's so many like places yeah. to hide. So many places to hide. And hurricanes a, a big yeah. a big issue out there as well. I mean, how I mean, recently we haven't had anything. God, but. What if you get one of those uh, hurricane seasons where we have, I don't know, eight threats? You're going to Wait, be like mobi- mobilizing eight times, you know? The the city has the not plan? presented any plans on what they're going to do. Because they have well, no idea what the fuck they're no, doing. No, you yeah. see, I, I wouldn't, I would think that that's, I think that's not a strong argument because they would just take them to shelters. But then everything gets left behind. Yeah, you because lose you the little homes. You, you know, if you're going to mobilize the resources necessary to move 50 to 100 tiny homes. Uh, and I let's assume that they have a bathhouse and not uh, each one of them with their own facilities. Because That's they, probably the case, I would assume. Yeah. Well, if they have their own facilities, it's not easy to disconnect. Yeah. Um, but let's say that you, you you have to leave everything behind, so that investment is, is going to be gone because those are not, even if they're what, category one or two resistant, you know, it's you get a stronger storm, then that's all gone. By and the way, these they people, closed us down in 20, 2016, 2015 with Hurricane with Irma. Irma. Oh yeah. my God, we were closed down for months with yeah. Irma because they ended up using the site as yeah. um, what do you call that? Um, We've had two years facility? worth of disruptions yeah. since we were there. Wow. If yeah. you look up Virginia Key Hurricane Irma, you're going to see a Miami News Time article with a with a picture you're of see like a lot of like a mound of trash, literally right where they're proposing this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, so, the so, bu- so that, was a really, that was a really fun story because, you see, the city was allowing the boat show to store its docks in the old mulching facility behind the sewer plant. and Which uh, has now been rezoned to a park. Yes, that's a trade-off for the Mel Reese deal. So that, that sewer sludge drying field is next to what is now a few acres worth of uh, new parkland. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, win-win. And, uh, yeah, so... When Irma came through, they didn't. That's where they would put the. Um, that was the area designated for hurricane debris, mm-hmm. but they couldn't use it because it's full of boat docks. So they put it in the field in the middle of the park, where the proposed site is happening. You would come down the road that's and as you the turn, site. yeah, dude. It was like this. It was heartbreaking, and it wasn't just like tree debris. There were toilets, toilets. There were mattresses. There were there were container paint container. You know, materials that shouldn't even have been there. And as it turned out. The city of Miami was dumping there without a permit to dump there, so they had to move it because I'm, I, you know, they, they gave me the the paperwork and I'm looking at it, and I, I'm looking at the GPS coordinates at the I'm like, that's close, but that's not there. What they had a permit for was for the mulching facility because that was designated as a place to put debris, not mixed debris, tree debris. Right. So they they've been pushing that um well not they Christine King has been pushing that this proposed land area has not been used in 10 years oh, that's yeah. a lie yeah, I, we've been here yeah, hold on the bicycle hold on. trails are well, i'm gonna give her i'm gonna give her a pass i'm gonna give her a pass yeah i think she was told that that land hasn't been used in 10 years well whoever's talking to them is lying to them is giving them bad information okay bad information and lying are two different things i don't know about that because i think what happens is often is that you get folks that sit in an office and look at an aerial or a map and they look at reports, yeah, and, they and that's gone it. Out yeah. there. They don't bother going out there. They have no idea. 
Which is what kind of Alex de la Portilla insinuated. That, that, like, that, did no, you he didn't insinuate it. He said it. He said, yeah. <laughs> like, did you go out there? But um, the reason she said that comment, and it got a lot of people pissed off with every right. Because we, we've been there since 2015. The Bicycle Club has been there for... 12 years? 12 years. Yeah, it's like, lady, you have yeah. no idea what the fuck is going on. So on about. Saturday... A hundred... A hundred. Twelve years of 100% mm-hmm. volunteer work. They invest, they fundraise, uh, they've gotten grants, yeah. they've built this amazing bike trail. Um, you can hike it. So on you always want to be careful because it's a mountain yeah. bike trail. It's not flat land. On right. Saturday, you're having South Florida Paddlers, which is a community group. They're organizing a paddle out in protest of all of this. The Virginia Key Bicycle Club is hosting a group ride through Freebird, which is a beginner entry level trail. So you have these two events going on, and you have the Florida South Florida slacklining community that is happening from 1 p.m. to sundown, where they're even coming with a drum circle. So you have all these so communities. So the area is constantly used. Yeah, yeah constantly. so you have all these communities now. They're like, lady, what are you talking about? We're going to show up now. So come out, you know. So why don't we get You don't even have to spend money. Just come out. You can go to the beach, hang out, bring a picnic. Yeah. Why don't we get all these people that that use that area to show up at the commission and make a ruckus. That's the idea that's going to happen. That's the idea. And it sounds great in, you know, in theory, but then in practice, remember what we told you, we were there from nine till six. People have jobs, people have families, yeah. people have children. Well, and it's not convenient. A specific day. People can make the time for one, for one hour, one day. It's not an hour. It's one not, hour. An, it's hour. not an hour. You're going to be there all day. And we were there from nine to 6 p.m. Before the item they set the agenda at the beginning of every commission meeting on what they're going to deal with. And what they sometimes do is that they like very hot item, like hot discussion items. They'll leave it for the end of the day. Yeah, it depends on their, you know. Yeah, it depends on their do. order and, and what they want. To Probably do. want people to get tired out and leave type of thing. <laughs> Don't even pretty, get pretty involved. Much, yeah. <laughs> but um, the Friday after the commission meeting, you had the media come on site because they're like, this is a site. This mm-hmm. there, There's an outdoor center. There's a bicycle club. There's kids playing in the field. Um, and we haven't even touched on the ecological significance yeah. and, and the economic impact of this island. So you had so, all these politicians finally show up on Friday. And you even had Joe Carollo showed up at the end of the day on site. And he basically told the cameras that... Um, what was it that that it's it's illegal? A lot of things here are illegally done. Everything's it's done It's dangerous. Wrong. There's people that have died here. A guy had a heart attack. Another one had a stroke. So he's painting the whole. Yeah, of course. To, to but but his. you know, you know, did he do that by design or because he was given you know junk information? I don't know. Yeah, you tell me. Let's circle back to what you said about the ecology and the economy. People are coming here. They're going to us, and they're extending their visit to stay. Instead of going to the Keys, instead of going uh, out to, you know, um, mostly to the Keys, they're staying here longer. You know how many people that are like the whole van life people that come yeah, from yeah, Colorado? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're coming here with their mountain bikes to ride our trails, yeah. to ride the mountain bike club's So trail. they come out, they ride the trails, they go out and kayak. In the winter, we're loaded with manatees now. And it's and I always say it's not because of what we did, but because of what we didn't do. If you look us up on Google Maps and you go over our lagoon, you can count 40 manatees. Wow. You can just count them right there. When they do the surveys, they they count. And it's a, it's a, a nursery. They have their babies there. And they're endangered now, right? They're dying now. They're about to be placed back the, on the, the They're about to go grass, back. On, right? Yeah. right. Now, the seagrasses around the entire area are protected because of the seagrass die-off that we're facing in the state. Mm-hmm. And we have healthy grass beds, so we get all this wildlife that comes in. We, we support our fisheries by creating habitat for all of the bait fish that come in. That means that the fish that go on your table are bigger and healthier. Uh, you know, the prices are better. Uh, the fishermen do better. The tournament people do better because there's better bait. The, it's, it's, we are supporting that, that feeding cycle, the, the, um, that food chain in nature by not harassing it. Um, I think economically, too, you have Uber drivers that are dropping off residents. We're helping people, too, in general. Well, just it, come on just, and support. Just look at the hotel yeah. and restaurant, you know. And, and there's always someone wanted to build a whole restaurant and bar complex and make a Jimbo's 2.0. Um, and I mean, there's been, there's a constant litany of what's next, what's next, what's next. It's a park for God's sake. Can we just stop trying to shove Leave everything it. possible yeah. into this little well, space? Because people just want to capitalize. That's all yeah. it is. They and, don't and care. And you know, you hear it's a thousand island, a thousand acre island. 
Yeah, but this is only a few acres, and it's in the most environmentally sensitive area. Uh, Miami Waterkeepers, uh, Frost uh, through their MOVE program, um, Hands on Miami, uh, Debris Free Oceans, uh, Volunteer Cleanup, our, you know, ourselves, our community All these partners, organizations for make this Florida. park the way it is, to be yeah, honest. Um, so having the homeless community there essentially present could present a risk to the economy in that area and the ecology Absolutely. in that area. And here we are going into an economic downfall, and we're going to stress out an economic engine. Um, what will end up happening is, in my opinion, we're creating a dangerous condition because we're bringing in all of these inconsistent uses into an area that has sensitivities. And uh, it's you're going to alienate the public. I think at the end of the day, the homeless people deserve better. They don't deserve to be on an island Two miles away from so the nearest bus stop. Yeah, yeah. So eh, out of sight, out of mind, to be honest. So do we have an alternative proposal at this moment I, in time? That we there, there are also some other issues that, that might come in. They, they were looking at reverter clauses because a lot of that land came from the county. And they have to be used for parkland. But if they use it, if they try to come in and say, oh, it's an emergency... It's not an emergency. But as far a hurricane as like, is an emergency. This is a crisis decades in the making. And actually, and, and I found this surprising because we're seeing more homeless people on the street. And and what Ken Russell um, you know, spoke about, and quite eloquently, I have to add, uh, was that what's happened is that we the city has fenced off its, uh, its own underpass, its overpass, mm-hmm. and its parking lots where the homeless were staying at night. And so they have had to go out into the neighborhoods. Wow. You know, yeah. the businesses downtown. I have seen so many homeless people lately. And yeah. I remember because hearing they Francis Suarez talk, talking about, oh, I've, we've done so much for the homeless. We barely have any. I'm like, I but see more homeless. As a count, the census is about, there are about 500 um, chronically homeless people in Miami. Wow. I mean, it's a big number, but if you think our population is yeah, over 400,000. Right. The ratio-wise, it's not yeah. that, that it, It's not that high. And, <laughs> you know... That's not a that's a manageable number. To be yeah. honest, like as far it's as a terrible. solution for the homeless, the proposed sites, the city is supposed to be getting back to the general public and the commissions. Well, the general public yeah, hopefully. But, but there was a site included, the one on mm-hmm. the, the one on I think I'm something. I don't I don't think we're we're saying we're homeless experts and we know what, what's the preferred site, but we, what we can all agree on is that Virginia Key is not the the optimal site. It's not good for the homeless. It's not. It's not good for the for the working people. I think of it's Miami. dangerous it's for them. Good for it's the, not for the good Miami for our economy. Yeah. It's not. I mean, this is fiscally, this is unsound. The cost of creating the infrastructure is astronomical. They had to bring in um, the sewer lines from the Rickenbacker. Two lines of sewer, two miles of sewer lines. Mm-hmm. I know that the Parks Department was trying to talk to WASDA, the Water and Sewer Department, about trying to find another shortcut. But those are all gravity-fed lines, and that's. At that point, that's what they had said. I don't know if they came up with another with another option, mm-hmm. but that's ungodly expensive. Yeah. I, I just think we so all deserve better. We are, and, we and you know, better. and as a taxpayer, why are we getting into a situation where we're going to end up back with the Pottinger Agreement, with the Pottinger litigation? Do you know about that? No, I was just okay, going to so, ask. So Pottinger was a lawsuit. I think the ACLU brought it because the city of Miami was arresting people for being homeless. And then destroying all their property. What year was this? Oh, my God. They just went. Um, they got out from the Pottinger Agreement just, I think, maybe a year or two ago. But oh. this this goes back quite a while. I'd have to look up the date. Probably like 70s or something. No, 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 no. I think a lot closer. It was under uh, Carollo's administration. Really? Yeah. So like 90s, probably. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But did, have we not learned a lesson that if we treat people with dignity and ethically, we can... You know, we can do good things. I don't think it's about that. And it's sad. I think it's about just making a quick turnaround, a quick buck, a quick, you know what I mean? The long vision, usually for the people in power, they don't really care. It's just whatever kind of, and that, it is sad. I, I people like that shouldn't happened. be elected. I want to know what happened during the recess. What caused yeah, Alex and Lapotia to change his mind? Yeah. How like, do you go from, this is a terrible this idea is a terrible, to like, This is a right. terrible presentation. You, don't, you didn't bring us anything. You didn't go out there. This, is, this doesn't work. And he even said at one point, there may be room in my district for it. You know what? There's room in my district for it because we have a bunch of halfway houses. I live in Shenandoah, and which is a really nice neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, and if somebody were to say to me that on 27th Avenue, um, a block away from my house, they would take one of those um, office buildings and convert it to housing because there are homeless people there now, I, I wouldn't be offended by it. They're already living there. 
all we're doing is in providing. Rather than have them mm -hmm. out on the street, have them in a better organized place. Yeah, we have halfway houses in our neighborhood, a number of them. Uh, these are places for, you know, assisted living facilities for folks with different types of, of conditions. So it, it, at, at one point we had a, a panhandling problem and it was addressed, but they're still there. So it can be done. So before we close out, what is the call to action? What can we request people to do to get involved to shake this up and... Call the commissioners. Demand that they, yep. that they stop this. And I would go as far as to say that they stop the program altogether. Because if we remove this program only from Virginia Key, we still have this, this horrible isolation of, of folks. You know, maybe we buy one of those sex hotels on 8th Street uh, and that have the... Seriously, there's like this place that has... Um, they have... Uh, what is it? Robot dolls? Get the fuck out. <laughs> Apparently, that's a good business to have in the area, in a residential area. Wild. But, you know... Let's let's be creative mm -hmm. and let's maximize our dollars. Let's work on on helping the people of Miami that can't afford their rent. We have a rent crisis. Let's address that. Let's keep people from being homeless. What viewers could do is they can go to vkoc.net slash save Virginia key. And there you'll have access to the timeline. You'll have access to the PowerPoint and an ongoing petition that has over 12,000, 12,000 people have signed this petition to protect Virginia key North Point Park. It also has the contact information on all the commissioners, even the ones that voted yes, and it has the contact information on the mayor. We don't know yet if um, Francis Suarez can veto this. Right. We're at this point. We're we're just asking for help. If he could veto this, awesome. You know what would be a good idea? Um, and I've seen Miami Waterkeeper do it. Whenever there's an issue that they want people to to speak on. They have like a pre-filled out form type of thing where mm -hmm. you just kind of like, because you know people, like if they have to do a long thing, they probably won't do it. Yeah. Um, like a script. It's like, yeah, yeah. And it's all you got to do is put but in your name you know and what, it sends you know, it to But you know what happens with the script? And I've seen them do it all the time. They're like, oh, it's just everybody saying the same thing over and over again. That doesn't count. Well, but it's people's name. It's, but they don't. They it's a signature. But they, they dismiss it. They dismiss it as I've not. Seen, I've matter. seen it dismissed. Use your own times, words. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with using your own words. People have been super vocal. We're getting so many emails. And we should, you know, we should print them out and send them over. You should. Yeah. And those are Absolutely. people that live in the city of Miami. This isn't. This, this is not like the billionaire row. This is Miami working man's island. Honestly, what we've asked people to do is, if you go to the park, take a picture. Yeah. Take a picture of you enjoying the park and tag all the commissioners that said that they wanted this to That's happen inside. Idea. Here I am with my yeah. family. I mean, some people started yeah. doing that on their own. This is, I've never seen so many different aspects of, of a city come together in opposition of something. We were talking about that on the way here. It feels nice. It doesn't feel like we're we're shouting into the void and everybody's yeah. like quiet. That's awesome. Oh, there's, yeah. there's love, there's I'm love for the site. I'm not on Twitter typing away some madness, you know? It's, it's, there's yeah. love for the site and it's reflecting with the community. Yeah, but there's also regard for the for the folks that are not getting service through this. Yeah, yeah, which so is important. Which is important. No, and no one is saying don't take care of the homeless. No, no absolutely one. not. Yeah, yeah, and no one is saying not in my backyard. This is everybody's backyard. Everybody uses Virginia Key so, North Point Park. So you know, yeah. and, and it was so important, especially like right after COVID when we reopened, and right after Irma too. People come rushing out because it's that place where after you're done working your two or three jobs to you know to make ends meet, you come out here and. You can disconnect for a few hours, and you can spend a day with the family and spend less than 50 bucks. If that's if you're renting equipment, or you could just go to the beach and take dollars parking to the city. You know what we did post-COVID? Well, we're still in COVID. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're still in COVID. Post-lockdown, I guess. Um, yeah. we, we allowed first responders and healthcare workers to rent for free yeah. for the whole month. That's for the, awesome. Not the whole month, the Good whole summer. And they came. Yeah. Because it was just, it's this place where you just, you know, you can disconnect. No, they need to relax. Yeah. Well, refresh, and you know, you, you go back at the grind on Monday and start all over And again. even for Teacher Appreciation Month in May, all teachers in Miami-Dade County, they were renting for free for one hour. And these are things that, to be honest, like, we don't oh, have to anyway, do. We I'm do it because we love the community. I'm going to give Diana, she's going to get embarrassed. Uh, we did an event. We got funding from Latin, um, Latin Conservation uh, Fund, and they gave her an award for her participation in the Latin community. And get a girl. To the outdoors. <laughs> You guys are doing good work, and I'm Thank sure you. the community will turn out. And, and I, I hope we'll be able to continue to do this. Yeah. And um, yeah, you gotta have you know, faith. You gotta to have it. faith, man. Mm -hmm. 
I'm committed to it, but you know, I get emotional because no, it's, it your, it's your it's your work. It's your, work. it's your work, yeah. And you know, when people get upset because they're like, "Oh, she said this or she said that," you came after my livelihood. Hundred percent. What you, do you want? And me you to defend do? your livelihood with. And I'm not only defending my livelihood; I'm I'm defending my people, mm-hmm. and I'm defending my city, and I'm defending everyone that comes into that park, because I have a big mouth and I have nothing to lose. Get a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say I'm just a dumb girl. What do I know? Nah. Ladies, thank you so much for thank joining. Thank you for having us. Thank you for your time Appreciate and your it. knowledge. We're going to do something about this. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. As always, like, share, subscribe, do all the things. And that's all I got, the time we got for today. And as always, no se meta con nadie para que nadie se la meta. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>